fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome into the program, the middle of the week, ready to rock and roll for another one. Darn right you made it to the end of the day. You made it to the Voice of Reason. We are here for you like we are every single day. So kick back, relax, and know that you are in good hands for the next hour. The fastest hour of radio all over the place, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. On radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, all over the place, your Millennial General reporting for duty. What a night we had last night for election results. We'll get to those here in just a second. Big night for Republicans, and the conversation has steered its way towards the state of Illinois. Is it the Democrats manipulating the Republicans, or are they the real Republicans that have actually made their gains and going somewhat conservative in the state because people are sick and tired of the left-wing progressives. We'll get to that conversation here in just a bit. Plus, I didn't get to it yesterday. Lauren Boebert made some interesting uh, comments at a church. She is the congresswoman out of the great state of Colorado. A solid congresswoman at that, by the way. We've had her on the show a couple of times. Not as Congress, not as a congresswoman, but as a candidate when she was running for the election. We had her on a couple of times a couple of years back. So uh, we'll chat with her again soon. Nathan Lewis, he is the author of Inflation. What is it? Why is it bad? And how to fix it? He'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour as we talk about some economic stuff. Did you know... As many individuals are probably getting ready for their 4th of July celebration, the Independence Day, the greatest holiday of the entire year, outside of St. Patrick's Day, of course. (laughs) See what I did there? See what I did there? Yeah. No, the most patriotic holiday of the year and one of the greatest holidays of all of the entire year. How much is it going to cost you to get everything prepared? Now, normally, for those that are going into the 4th of July, you got to get the barbecue and the hot dogs and the burgers and the and the pork and whatever else that you got that you buy for the uh, 4th of July celebration. You have the friends and the family over, and then you barbecue and you grill. Well, apparently, that's going to be a lot more this year, as according to the latest from Washington, D.C., and from um, uh, the uh, CNBC reports that, the cost of a 4th of July cookout is going to be year near 17% higher compared to just a year ago. Who's ready for that one? Thank you, Joe Biden, baby. Get to celebrate the 4th of July with a little bit more out of your pocket, near 17% increase with U.S. consumers paying near $70 on average for their favorite Independence Day cookout foods, including the cheeseburgers, the pork chops, chicken breasts, homemade potatoes, salads, strawberries, ice cream, and a heck of a lot more, according to the American Farm Bureau Federation's Market Basket Survey. A 17% increase in year-over-year for your shopping. So good luck with that. Uh, this year, usually we spend a couple hundred dollars on fireworks. I don't know that we're going to do that this year. I think we're going to start a bonfire out in the backyard in our little fire pit. And we're going to sit and watch everybody else shoot fireworks. Luckily, we're outside of the larger city limits where... You don't have to like, oh, you can only shoot them six feet high because that is a stupid rule. It is un-American. And how dare you infringe upon our 4th of July celebrations by limiting the length of the size of our fireworks. The bigger, the better, as they always say, right? (laughs) So I will be not firing them off this year because they're just way too expensive. So I will be barbecuing. And now the, the area that I live in, which is like a suburb of 
the area of Wichita, Kansas, where I'm based out of. I live in just just outside of the town a little bit, and it's nice because we have our town that shoots off the, the city fireworks, and then everybody in their kitchen sink in our town shoots off fireworks as well once the city's done. So we're going to bonfire, we're going to have the fire pit, and we're just going to kick back and just watch it all happen. And normally I like to do it, but this year I was like, why the heck not? We'll just do our barbecue. We're going to spend all the money we usually do on fireworks just by covering the food that we're probably going to grill at the end of the night. So uh, that'll be our 4th of July celebration. As we get closer to the next couple of days, I know people are going to start zoning out and just kind of glazing over and glossing over on the important issues because they're going to be in holiday mode. So we'll talk some more about that coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, And bottom of the hour, Nathan Lewis. Uh, Again, inflation. What is it? Why is it so bad and how to fix it? He's coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about some of those economic issues. But last night, man, election coverage. Interesting election results, don't you think? What's trending today? So uh, the big story and the big focal point last night, of course, was in the great state of Illinois. They've had some issues for a long time. But uh, the more conservative Donald Trump endorsed gubernatorial candidate of Darren Bailey pulled out the victory last night in the primary election with numerous candidates on the ballot. And he pulled out not just a win, but a major win. 452,000 votes compared to the next runner up at 122,000. 57.8% of the vote compared to the second runner up at 15 0.6%. That is a major win for Darren Bailey in the state of Illinois for the Republican candidate going into the governor's race. Now, here's the kicker. He was the Donald Trump endorsed candidate, which means one of two things. Being that Illinois is an open state, uh, an open primary, meaning that you don't have to show your registration card in the primaries. You can literally walk up to the precinct. You can tell them what party you want to vote for, and you can vote for it. That means that according to Democrats and according to some of the mainstream media, Democrats have sabotaged the Illinois gubernatorial race by putting in the MAGA conservative right wing Donald Trump candidate going into the general election. So that way they can lose going into the general election in November. Is that going to be the case? Did Democrats sabotage the election for Republicans, or was it truly the conservatives that turned out in mass yesterday in the state of Illinois for the governor's race? That's going to be an interesting one. Let's play a little uh, inside ball, shall we? Because I've told you this before, and for those that may be new to the show, if I wasn't in radio, I would love to be part of the campaigns like the the campaign uh, person in the background. It's like, hey, kiss the baby over here, take the photo up over here, say this to these people over here, let's look at this demographic over here. Uh, some of those consultants, to me, the inside ball game of politics is fun, of elections. It's interesting because you can see how fake everybody actually is. Do they really believe what they stand for? Yes, most of them do, but their photo ops and the cheesy liners that they say and the cheesy responses, the cheesy campaign ads, yeah, that's all fake. And those are all consultants in the background saying, hey, you're going to hit this demo really well if you campaign this way or if you run this ad or if you say this thing or you take this picture with this organization. Uh, it's cheesy. It's all fake. And I enjoy that because I like to expose fakeness. We're kind of a real down-home kind of group here on this program. So, Darren Bailey, is he going to be the savior for the Republicans going into the race or is it too far gone And the state of Illinois, I mean, it's been a relatively blue state. And unfortunately, it's just because of the area of Chicago. Outside of that, it's predominantly a Republican state. There's a lot of red in the rural communities. It's really only just the Chicago area that dominates and then a couple of counties 
uh, that are kind of scattered throughout the state of Illinois as well, which leads me to one of the conversations that I've had numerous times over the years as we get into election seasons and doing a local program here in the state of Kansas where I'm based out of, I've advocated for this for a very long time. And I am the only one that I am, that I'm aware of at least that talks about this issue, but everybody seems to enjoy it when we have it, because I think that needs to be started at a national movement. We need to have electoral colleges and an electoral college process for statewide races in every state across the nation. I, I know, I know. Just and Andy, what's the electoral college? That's what we do when we do a presidential race uh, nationwide, where we vote, and then we have a panel that is the electoral college that, based on the population and based on the area they represent, they cast their ballots. That's in reflection to democracy in play in those areas. So you're still getting your vote made, but what it does is it does allow some of the more rural communities to actually have a loud, louder say in the electoral process. And it's not dominated by just one singular area that's completely massively populated. Democrats would absolutely despise this idea. They don't even like the current electoral process going into the presidential elections because they don't like the popular vote nationwide not being the end-all, be-all. And they like that mindset because as long as you get the more populated areas, you get New York, you get California, you get, you know, the East Coast there. You just get those areas and then boom, to hell with the rest of the country. We're just going to side presidential elections from there on out. I don't like that process. Our founders were very smart later on when they decided that, you know what, the population's growing enough and we have such a weird diversity with the inner cities that are thinking one way, the rural communities that are thinking another way, the uh, business owners within the city, the agricultural community outside the cities, totally different mindsets. We need to have protections for both of them. So let's create an electoral college that represents everybody and kind of balances out the playing field. There are multiple examples that we can give. The best one that I know of is right here in Kansas, where I live, where our our governor that is governor right now trying to run for re-election, who's a horrible Democrat governor, she won out of the 99 counties in our state, she won with seven counties. Every other county went Republican. Seven counties, she ended up winning. Seven or nine, whatever. Seven or nine counties, she ended up winning, and that's how she won the governor's race here in the state. That wouldn't be the case if we would have an electoral college uh, in play at a statewide level. We can look at New Jersey. We can look at Ohio. We can look at right there in Illinois. We could look at some of these major states, and we could see things turn pretty dramatically to the Republican side, which it's not about party politics there. It's just about having someone have a voice that normally doesn't get a voice. But you would see things probably turn farther to the right if you ended up implementing an electoral college. Democrats absolutely despise that idea. We also need to get rid of, by the way, open uh, primaries, because what happened in the state of Illinois, that is the major question now, is did Darren Bailey, who won, again, 452,000 votes compared to 122,000 votes for Jesse Sullivan, the more moderate candidate, apparently, that the Republicans were hoping to get, or some Republicans obviously were hoping to get, was it Republicans turning out, or was it Democrats that voted for the radical because Illinois is a more moderate state, a more left-leaning state right now, and it would be more difficult to get a conservative and a Trump-endorsed Trump candidate like Darren Bailey into the general election for the governor's race? You could go two ways with that. 
You could go one share of the Democrat sabotage if they have an open primary. Why the hell not? J.B. Pritzker is the uh, Democrat current governor and the one that ended up winning the primary again last night. One with 746,000 votes and 91% of those. That's already a lot of people turning out for the primary on the Democrat side at 746,000. You would have to add up the majority of the candidates from the Republican side to equal that, which means there are enough to do it, but it would be difficult. So my question is, is that all of the Democrats that united there, or did they take a playbook from good old Rush, uh, the late, late and great Rush Limbaugh with his Operation Chaos, if you remember that one during the Obama and Hillary Clinton primary, of Republicans in some of these states registering as Democrats to vote for Hillary to keep the debate going on and keeping those two neck and neck in the primary elections? Because Democrats have done this in the past in open states with open primaries. Is that what they did here by pushing him over the edge? Or are there actually that enough Republicans where they turned out and said, yeah, you know, we're not playing the middle of the road anymore. Because Republicans have been their worst enemy in a, for years by trying to go for the moderate candidate, the wishy-washy guy, instead of having a backbone, taking a stand, and then seeing if people actually like the ideas. Because I've always said conservatives and Republicans will win on the ideas if we actually stand on the principles and the ideas. So I hope he does well. I hope that we can win. I think that we can win if Republicans actually stay united and not do the internal bickering of, he's too radical, I'm not going to support him. That's the challenge. Or... Well, they betrayed themselves. It's going to be an interesting conversation one way or the other. We'll keep a tight eye on that one as we get closer to the general election right now. But Darren Bailey, that official candidate for the state of Illinois for that governor's race, we'll see how conservative we can no turn Illinois. With Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. By the way, another big victory that was exciting, I think, at least in my mind, was in the state of Illinois, the 11th congressional district there. Is a Catalina Lauf? Lauf? Is that how you pronounce her name? Uh, Catalina, she ended up winning by near 5,000 votes in her district, up 31% to 22% in the primary as well. She is a solid conservative. Again, another Hispanic individual who is running as a strong conservative. I've seen her and followed her on social media for a long time. She is excellent, and she would be a great congresswoman. And the fact that she won that primary and a laundry list of candidates again as well is very exciting. I'm seeing a takeover of the Republican Party by minorities and by women can you see the diversity in the republican party right now well democrats are trying to tell the lgbtq and it being lgbtq month which everybody's sad that that's about over here in the next day or so and we go into july and uh, they're trying to tell how they're diverse and they're open and they're accepting and so on and so forth I, I don't quite see the diversity in the Democrat Party as I do the Republican Party. We had uh, Myra Flores that won down in Texas. We have Catalina now winning the the uh, primary race in the state of Illinois. We have, uh, uh, I can't remember his name, Billy. What's his name? Billy, uh, ah, his mind blanked, uh, out of uh, New Jersey. We've had him on the show a few times as well. A uh, black individual running for uh, Congress there. In New Jersey, we have a lot of really great candidates right now that are all diverse. Not that we care about identity politics and diversity, because we just want someone with good ideas. We want someone who understands the American dream, someone who believes in the American dream. We don't care what you look like. We don't care what you uh, what your religion is. We don't care what your skin color is. We don't care what your gender is. We don't care what your sexual orientation. We just don't care. Stand up and believe in conservative values and American values, and then you want we will put you up and we will parade you around and be the great leader for the Republican Party. Democrats are struggling on that front while they try to claim to be that party of diversity. So congrats to Catalina as well in the 11th Congressional District for the state of Illinois. Darren Bailey, is it the Republicans it turned out or is it the Democrats that sabotaged that one to make them more radical? The headline from Fox News today Trump and the Democrats both proud of that Darren Bailey nomination from the Republican side in the uh, Illinois gubernatorial race. It's going to be interesting to see what moves on there. It is a conversation that we need to have moving forward is the Electoral College at the statewide level. No one else is talking about that. It is something that I've tried to say for years on this program, both in a local manner and now with the national broadcast. And once we understand what the Electoral College is and how it actually functions, when the uh, when everybody just understands that process, like, oh, well, that makes total sense. But at the same time, Democrats right now despise the Electoral College so much, they're still promoting their, uh, oh, what is it, a national popular vote movement to remove the Electoral College with states signing on it. And they're getting more and more states every year to sign on saying that if the national popular vote goes one way, even if their state voted against that, that they would cast the Electoral College votes towards the person with the popular vote. That's a scary thought. Because then essentially everybody in the middle of the country outside of California, New York, and the East Coast would be irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant. We would have no say in any way, shape, or form. They are still pushing that national popular vote movement. And we have to stop it. In fact, not only do we have to stop that one, we have to start working to implement electoral colleges at the statewide level for any governor's race, for any attorney general's race, for any secretary of state's race, for any U.S. Senate race, Anything where the entire state votes on a singular candidate, we need to implement this. 
You know what that would do? That would completely throw the wrench in the system and disrupt the entire Democrats if they are trying any type of voter fraud scheme. If they are trying to intentionally port illegal immigrants in certain parts of the country and get them registered to vote before they become U.S. citizens, it would completely disrupt their entire plan of sabotaging U.S. elections, which they've gotten really good at doing. Not saying it's happened during the 2020 election. I'm just saying that they're really good at figuring out ways to kind of curb the system. And if we throw in an electoral college, it would make things more streamlined. It would have a louder voice for the uh, for the rural communities all over the nation. And it would stop them from a lot of their voter fraud processes processes because they would have to look at local communities that they just don't have the funds to do. With Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, you are. Welcome back into the program radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, your fastest hour of radio on, well, radio, multiple radio stations all over the country. Thanks for hanging out, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. Hey, real quickly, we did get some news over, I saw over the break, which I guess we can call breaking news. Happened over the last hour that R. Kelly, the musician, has officially been sentenced to 30 years in federal sex trafficking case. 30 years in prison. Interesting. Not that I really care about R. Kelly. What I find more interesting about that story is that they they serve him 30 years in federal prison. They serve Ghislaine Maxwell with the Epstein case 20 years <laughs> for doing that one. And yet, even with the decision to uh, send her to prison for 20 years, they still have yet to release the entire list of everybody that visited the Epstein Island. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Will we ever see it? Probably not. Too many politicians trying to cover their you-know-what's on that front. Let's shift gears a little bit. What do you say? Come on. What's trending today? So there's a new poll out showing the importance of issues going into the midterm elections in November. According to Newsmax.com with a national polling show, 37% of likely voters say the most important issue to them is the high cost of living and inflation. Another 16% say just the economy in general is the most important issue to them. Uh, Behind that, crime and violence is at 9% and 8% 
of voters say abortion after the whole Roe v. Wade issue. But it doesn't it's not actually the way you think either, according to another poll that Republican support on the abortion issue actually went up by a point overall against Democrats going into the midterms after the reversal of Roe v. Wade. But I don't want to talk about that for right now. The most important issue, obviously, to individuals is the economy in general, the high cost of living and inflation specifically. So what the heck's going on and how do we get this back under control? Excited to have this guy on the program. He is the co-author of the new book, Inflation. What is it? Why is it bad? And how to fix it? Excited to have on the program Nathan Lewis here with us. Nathan, how are you, my friend? Good. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the program. Uh, I'm concerned because it happened really quickly, but how in the world... Did we get to the level of inflation that we're at right now, 8 8.5, 8.6% inflation, in a year and a half of the Biden administration when it took Jimmy Carter four years to get to this point and everybody was losing their minds? How did we get here so quickly going from Trump to Biden? Well, a lot of the stuff it actually came out of the COVID period, which was, which was when Trump was president. Um, of course, it hasn't gotten any better with Biden. Yeah. And... And really, uh, it's important to kind of break down what's going on because inflation becomes this sort of grab bag and everything goes in it. And we really have two things going on. We have the sort of supply-demand issues that arose out of COVID. We all know that there's been supply chain stuff and empty shelves and also beyond that, housing issues and tight job market. These are all supply-demand issues, and we kind of understand them. Sure. It's pretty unusual to see these kind of things persist for as long as they have. Uh, everyone thinks they're going to go away, but they still sticking around and Biden has something to do with that. And that, but then there's also another thing that's going on and it's pretty important to keep these two separate in your mind. And that is, uh, there's the monetary side of inflation, which is also happening now. It also happened in the 1970s. And it's really not a supply demand issue. It's really just the central bank. It's really just the mismanagement of the currency. And it's real simple to understand. Basically, uh, they created a lot of money. The money, money supply went up a lot. And as a consequence, the value of our currency declined substantially. Now, actually, in 20, late 2019 to 2020, and now and then over time, prices are just higher to compensate for that. So now we're getting that compensation effect, and it takes place over a period of years afterwards. Yeah. So both of those together, coming together, producing pretty high numbers. Yeah, which makes really good sense. I mean, for those that are trying to understand where inflation even come from, I mean, it's we're getting two sides of the story right now, Nathan, because you just explained really what inflation is and where it comes from here by printing lots of money and, and the cost of living just increasing and more money in the market that devalues that dollar. But right now we're literally we're getting messages from the mainstream media and from the Biden administration, unfortunately, that says, oh, no, printing more money, which we printed like what double than what was actually out in the market over the last few years, uh, that all of that, that doesn't that doesn't cause inflation in any way, shape or form because we're helping people. I mean, is that true, or does just printing vast amounts of money with no value behind it actually lower the dollar value? Well, yeah, I, I think the, the value of the dollar definitely did decline, uh, kind of as a result as a result of that COVID response, where where both central banks and governments kind of went hog wild. Um, and basically, what happened is the federal government um, spent a ton of money. We know that it was that, they ran a deficit of about fifteen percent of GDP in twenty twenty which was the largest deficit out in peacetime in U.S. history. So it was pretty crazy. And the other thing that happened is, in, in the process of kind of dealing with it, it wasn't directly connected, but nevertheless, it happened at the same time. that Central banks around the world, including the Federal Reserve, basically bought that the bonds, and so, you know, essentially printed money to finance that spending 
And uh, politicians don't really want to talk about. It. They sort of got the they sort of got the benefit from that, right? They get to take credit for all the spending, but they don't really want to take credit for some of the uh, the nasty consequences that came out of that. So, <laughs> which is. <laughs> Kind of usually how it works, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's what they like to do. We're talking with Nathan Lewis, a co-author of the new book, Inflation. What is it? Why it's bad? And how to fix it? Here's the big question everybody's concerned about: How long is this going to last? Can we get things back on track? I know we have the supply chain shortages right now. I know that we have the food shortages. Concerned with the uh, with the ongoing conflict with Russia and the Ukraine, we have the energy prices, gas prices that are up right now. But we're seeing the prices going into Fourth of July weekend as people go out and buy their their brisket or their hamburgers or their hot dogs, and we're seeing near seventeen percent increases for the consumers at the shelf. While we're concerned about food even being on the shelf with a food shortage right now, can we get things back on track? And when do you think that could potentially happen? Normally, in these situations, these kind of forget you know forget about the money side, but the supply demand kind of issues. Normally, they resolve pretty quickly. Remember in COVID when everyone bought all the toilet paper in America, and then three weeks later, all the shelves were full again. Yeah. That's that's usually how it works. Well, why is that happening now, right? Why are auto dealers' lots still empty uh, after a year, right? So there's definitely some funny stuff going on. Um, these could be resolved, I think, fairly quickly, uh, but they're not, and the government has something to do with it. And I think people understand that. And and then on the monetary side, which is almost like a separate universe, uh, central banks kind of realized it went overboard uh, in 2020, especially the Federal Reserve. And they've actually kind of been holding the line. They kind of, they, although I think of, I think the value of our currency dropped substantially at that time. It's kind of, I think it's kind of held even since then. We see that gold prices haven't moved much. We see the dollar has been very strong against other foreign currencies. And if they can continue to do that, things will probably kind of, you know, fade away. Um, but the question is, can can they continue to do that? Because the long-term trend of the floating fiat currencies we have today, which we've had since we left the gold standard in 1971, is that they tend to decline over time. Hmm. And it's not very hard to imagine. We were kind of talking about another recession here. And what happens in a recession? Haven't we seen this movie before? You know, the Congress spent a ton of money, turn around, become very easy about their, you know, giving money away. Uh, and we have another round of uh, declining currency value and, and consequential, consequentially inflation. Yeah. Well, now we're seeing the Federal Reserve, like you mentioned, try to battle this by raising interest rates, which just really prices people out of the market to try and just recreate that supply demand. Uh, because I don't think people in Washington, D.C. understand the basic supply demand chain that we have any longer and how capitalism really works. So now we have interest rates that are raising as well. Is that going to help just in the short term? Is that actually a long term solution to battle this? We have a couple of things going on there. Um, for one thing, this this focus on interest rates. Oh, we always talk. You know, we, everyone's conditioned to say, "Oh, if central bank does something with interest rates," and I think that's that's kind of becoming destructive. Um, actually, the Federal Reserve's done a pretty good job, I think, of maintaining its stable currency value after COVID, when they kind of went crazy about it. Uh, with low interest rates, we don't have to raise interest rates to, to do that job. The actual theory here is that if, if they actually create a recession, then there'll be people lose their jobs. And if they lose their jobs, they can't go shopping. If they can't go shopping, then the empty store shelves aren't going to matter as much, and it kind of balances out. It sounds stupid, but this is actually kind of the theory behind this. Wow. Uh, it, it's not a very good idea. And we really need to focus, again, uh, on the principle that we had before 1971, which is we just want to keep the currency as stable as possible. And if we do that, we're not going to have these inflation problems. 
That is very true. Now, here's another one, and I know that it's probably near impossible. It's kind of a pipe dream, but a lot of people are advocating for is getting back on that gold standard to bring value back to the dollar, to try and limit how much they can actually print and then bring some stability back into the market that way. Is that a possibility, or do you think that's kind of a pipe dream at this point? Uh, it's always a possibility. Uh, typically, you know, governments have left the stable value principle, exemplified by the gold standard, big times over history. And then eventually they go back. And why do they go back? Because things get so bad, they don't really have a choice. And mm. Things haven't got that bad yet in the United States. But if they do, we will have that political opportunity. But this is something that all Americans understand, the principle of stable value, stable money. We don't have that right now. We have a floating fiat currency. It's not even supposed to be stable in principle. It goes up and down. That's what floating fiat means. Sure. Uh, we didn't used to do that. Uh, before 1971, we kept the value of the dollar fixed versus gold. And as long and over 200 years, what happened? We became the wealthiest country in the history of the world. Uh, and things were going great in the 1960s. It wasn't a problem. And as long as we stuck with that principle, we never had an inflation problem. Um <laughs> And countries do this today. They don't fix the gold because it's actually banned by the IMF, but they fix the euro, the dollar, and they get more or less the same results. So it's it's not a, it's still a common idea, but we're going to have to give up this, like, you know, whenever we get into trouble, the central bank can make it better kind of attitude we have. Or even, even now we're getting into we can just have this long wish list of spending plans and, and the central bank's going to pay for it. Yeah. You hear that from some federal government. politicians. Yeah, federal government uh, uh, bailing us out the whole time. Yeah, Nathan, we're out of time, my friend. we got a hard break here. NewWorldEconomics.com is the website. Go and check out his newsletter. Sign up. Also the book, Inflation, What Is It, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. Nathan Lewis. Nathan, I appreciate the time. I love this conversation. Let's do this again here soon, my friend. Thank you. Good hey. to be here. Yeah, appreciate that. Great stuff right there. I love talking about economics. We're nerds here on this show, right? Yeah. Lots more coming up. Stay here. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Getting back to a gold standard. Do you think that'll ever happen again? Think that'll ever happen? I don't know. I'm always the eternal optimist, but I don't know about that one. I mean, that one kind of got categorized as the Ron Paul movement. And for those that either love Ron Paul or think he's a nut, I got to say, economically, I think he was spot on getting back to the gold standard, trying to, you know, actually cut spending. If you remember all the way back when, when the Tea Party was in its hiatus, or when it was on its rise in the peak of what the Tea Party was doing in its small portion, about a third of the Republican caucus up in Washington, D.C., they tried to propose that bill that cut cap and balance, which was probably the most radical bill that's ever been proposed up there. I'm just throwing it out there. And by radical, by radical, I mean that it actually means cut cap and balance, cut spending, cap spending, and balance the damn budget. It's not a complicated thing, but man, Democrats and moderate Republicans alike despised that bill. It didn't go anywhere, but that was the bill that was presented by the Tea Party caucus up there. And then they just kind of fizzled out thereafter, unfortunately, just because they were somewhat organized-ish, but they didn't last very long. Couldn't hold up the messaging. So the MAGA crowd, the fact that the MAGA movement is still going on nationwide as strong as it is and the number of endorsed candidates by Trump under the MAGA quote-unquote movement by the Joe Biden most radical organization on the face of the earth and in American history. Yeah, that group, the fact that it's still as strong as it is shows that this one may not go away for a while which is relatively interesting to me. Uh, Nathan Lewis, we appreciate him coming on the program. Inflation, uh, what is it, why it's bad, and how to fix it. Some great conversations there. Uh, I want to go back into the weeds with him a little bit later, and we can talk about inflation again on how to stop this stuff. But it's here for a while, and you're being priced out of the market. With interest rates going up, we do. Again, what do we do when something happens, when a shooting happens, when a big issue in the nation happens? Government, do something. And now that's what we look towards with the federal government as well economically is, oh, inflation's up. Government, do something instead of just taking matters into our own hands and not spending outside of our means, not getting a massive car loan or a home mortgage or something when, you know, you can't quite afford it just because it looks cool. Actually, I I have my piece of, I I laugh, I have my piece of junk car. It doesn't have a taillight right now. And why, Andy? Because I'm doing the whole Dave Ramsey thing, paying off the debts, and I'm paying off my student loans. I'm making some big chunks out of it, but I don't have a car payment. So you know what? I don't care if I look like crap driving down the road right now, because once I pay this off, I'm buying a brand new spanking car that's going to be really shiny and really pretty, and I'm not going to have to uh, do a monthly payment on that stuff, just because that's the way I want to live. I don't want to be be held to anybody. True independence, true conservatism, true limited government. Don't be held in debt by anybody. And I'm not going to make that mistake ever again. I think most people are starting to wake up towards the conservative movement. I really do. There was Joe Rogan. You know Joe Rogan, the the number one influencer in the nation? Was he number one or number two last year? It was him and uh, Fox News. 
that were the two like major influencers, Tucker Carlson over there and then Joe Rogan is the podcaster, the two biggest media influencers of the year. He's come out with a semi-loose endorsement of a Republican for president. Yeah, so all this stuff is happening while we have a dead man as a president. Yeah. You know, it's it's just um Are it's you throwing not, out any it's not um, fun. Any support towards anyone? Or are you going to hold off? And because uh, I know, didn't Elon Musk uh, come out recently for DeSantis? Yeah, yeah, I think Ron DeSantis would work as a good president. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, what he's done for Florida has been admirable. Look at, I feel like I'm doing breaking news right now. Yeah. That wasn't even on purpose. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I feel like what he did for Florida, a lot of people gave him a lot of grief, but ultimately he was correct. He was correct when it comes to like deaths. He was correct when it comes to protecting our vulnerable populations. He was correct in terms of distribution of monoclonal antibodies. And he was furious when the government tried to pull those. They were trying to pull very effective treatments. You know, he is not perfect. He's a human being. But um, what he's done is stand up for freedoms. Oh, boy. That's going to trigger the left for sure. The poll that we just read earlier about the priorities for individuals going into the midterm elections. Economy, inflation, crime, abortion, Second Amendment issues, health freedoms, students, along with the critical race theory, the 1619 Project, the LGBTQ influence upon children in the public schools. These are all issues that are what's driving people to the polls to make sure that we preserve freedom. People want freedom. We realized how little freedom we have during the COVID-19 pandemic, and I think people are starting to wake up, which is why we're seeing school boards shift all over the nation. We're seeing people angry about the high gas prices when we could be drilling domestically, putting it back in our reserves, and putting gas prices low again. These are things that are waking people up, including people like Joe Rogan, who went from a Bernie Sanders supporter that I'm sure he still likes to a Ron DeSantis semi-endorsement going into the presidential race. Wow, people like freedom. And we realize progressives don't give us that. What a concept. Podcast up in a bit. Back at it tomorrow for a Thursday. Everybody have a great day. It's the voice reason I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government, censorship, and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.